0: Welcome to the We're Live Fancast.
1: And now, your hosts, Mr. Redbeard and Mick.
2: Welcome to episode 71 of the We're Alive Fancast, where we cover every new release of the We're Alive Audio Drama. Lockdown. Well, it's been a minute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it may not be locked down anymore.
2: <laughs> but we're live in general. Yes. I'm Redbeard. I'm Mick. And who's that? who do we have on here?
1: I don't know. Somebody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's Casey Whalen. Hey the illustrious <laughs> Mr. Yes, Whalen Prod.
1: Hello, hello. You just reminded me that I'm like, I'm I'm seriously considering renaming the podcast channel just to be We're Alive and taking out this a story of survival. Um only because like uh we have Gold Rush on that feed now and there's a story of survival, so I'm like trying to decide whether I should just kind of like just leave it a We're Alive channel and put everything that's new on that one. I like <laughs> yeah. I like that
0: idea too, but people will be searching for survival podcasts every now and then and they might get to come across it it might be down there alley.
1: Yeah, that's true. But it's a complicated thing. It's like, do you go, do you remove it? Because then technically Gold Rush is not a story of survival. Because um, I don't I don't know if you guys know this, but the, the first season is actually the official subtitle of it is a story of survival. So if there's more than one season in there or more than one uh you know show, people might get confused. So it's it's one of those things where it's like Good in one way and good in another, and then bad in one way and then bad in another.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Huh. Which we're going to get to that because I have, I have a few questions there. (laughs) Oh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So last we talked about anything, it was the finale of lockdown. And, uh, I feel like most questions got rolled up and answered, and it was a pretty good amount of closure, but, there were a couple. There were a couple. Yeah, some nice threads to go <laughs> yeah. out. So, um, I don't know. Before we get into that, did you have anything that you want to cover first, Mick? Oh, lockdown related.
1: Yeah.
0: No, not particularly just yet. Um, I just want to say I thought I thought it was excellent. Oh, thank um, you. The everything was good about it. I could just gush. Really, I first thing that comes to my mind really is jeremy uh that character seems like he could have his own story that i would want to listen to Uh,
1: (laughs) i loved i loved writing him he was like he was it was so fun to write him and then uh steven weber just coming in and nailing him just almost every time first take was just amazing it made things really easy and also um i feel like it also kind of unified the cast a little bit to have him there and um, I think it just we got much better results by having kind of a seasoned uh, person in the background similar to like what Michael was in the when we first started out like Michael was so uh Jim Gleason that is was so present on the set that like he was sort of like their leader so mm-hmm. in some ways it felt like even though Jeremy wasn't the leader he kind of like. Kept people going and raised everyone up a little bit. So yeah, we—I felt like we had amazing results with it.
0: Yeah, he was so good, and the story is so good. Plus, if we—if we can even call him Jeremy, right, (laughs) Redbeard,
1: right? (laughs) Well, we're—we're—we we we can totally talk spoilers, can't we? Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. Spoilers are open, everybody. So if you haven't listened to Lockdown, Um,
1: please—you can call him Jeremy or Oliver, whichever one.
0: Oh okay, yeah, Ollie, Oliver.
1: Yeah, Oliver is the um, the alternate name. Whether or not that is his real name or not, has just yet to be revealed in the story. But that is the other name that he did give um, to CJ. So whether or not he would have given his real name or not, I'll let you guys decide.
0: Right. Well, see, we, yeah, we talked about that a little bit because we, yeah. we we talked about how it was in the script, and then you gave the 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 I guess the hint or the tip or something that it was related to Oliver Twist, <laughs> because yes, he was yeah. such a twist.
2: I forgot about that. I thought
0: that was clever. Yeah, that
1: was, uh, that was kind of like the code for it, but that doesn't mean that it's not his real name either. So mm-hmm. it was just something that I was like, oh, interesting. So uh, I can't, would not say for or against it, but uh, I also like to use things like that, like, oh, it was a twist, you know, just mm-hmm. to come up with a name in some some aspects.
0: <laughs> That's great. What about you, Redbeard? Did you have anything lockdown-related?
2: Oh man, I loved it. I mean, I think the thing that stands out the most to me is the dialogue between the characters. It, it was yes. so strong. You could, you could sense the, the friendships building. You could sense other people being distanced. Uh, it, it was, or it felt organic. It was, it was really nice. And I liked uh, it
1: because I, I enjoyed writing this one in particular. It was harder than I think anything I've ever written before because it was so self contained and so tight but at the same time it was like so freeing to be able to start with new characters again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All that.
2: And well, okay. On that note, was it ever hard to write certain things or did you ever write certain things that would mess with the original universe and have to go back and fix it? Uh, little things. Uh, and then not
1: intentionally, like I was pretty good with outlining like what I wanted to do and where they wanted to go. And, um it this is one of those things and it's this will come up probably a little bit in gold rush as well where the the some of the most complicated stories that are that i'm having to write right now are in between two walls of existence meaning that there's like a beginning and an end that already exists, and you kind of have to fit in between the both of them um so with with lockdown it, that was a lot of the cases like being able to like fit okay well the uh, uh the they did go to this place already so that's already one barrier and then the other barrier is like, okay, well, the story already like takes place here and here and here and here in the timeline, so you kind of have to fit it in between these two points. So, it was that that got really complex? But ultimately, it worked out, and I hope I didn't mess up.
2: <laughs> if you did, <laughs> I didn't catch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where like that. Go, uh, lockdown took so long to write. Like it took half a year just to write the script. Wow. Um, and I felt like it really showed in the end because I was like, I felt really good about it um, from beginning to end. And um, I don't know. It's it's definitely one of those things where um, I can see where I could make some improvements. But really, it's it's you, you have to abandon it at some point and be like, okay, let's just do this, and we'll do pickups later. Which is exactly what we had to do. Is little little things here and there. You're just gonna have to be like, ah, oh, we need to fix this, this,
2: this. Cool. Um, I mean, it's okay. It, it's it's confirmed now. Uh, Jeremy was the father of CJ's baby. Correct. Yes. Um, and I don't know. Th- those reveals may not seem that important, but it feels like there's at least an opening to tell more of a story later on. In that there regard. Is.
1: There is. I mean, because we think of it like this, like, what do we know of Jeremy right now? We know he's part of the family. We know that um, to be part of the family, I mean, the the name of family in general um, denotes that there's some sort of blood relation, which means that maybe there is a blood relation to CJ's daughter.
2: Hmm. So he might come back for
1: her. Uh, I, I don't know. Does he know she's even there? Huh.
2: Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know from his
1: perspective, he he probably doesn't. Probably not, because he left. He left before they ever before the because uh, in in lockdown there is that uh, epilogue at the very end, or I mean, there's even mm-hmm. a, even a post credit scene. Um, that post credit scene kind of uh, explains that they took the information that Jeremy gave them and went back and looked and tra- and got some more information out of the jail. Um, and at that time, CJ was pregnant, but at the time he left, probably didn't know.
0: Right. So I guess it, hopefully he's, you know, he went to Texas so we can hear more about Texas. And then there's <laughs> a problem so massive and bad. Jeremy has to go back
1: and get some help from the colony and then he'll find out. <laughs> that is an option the, I will say though, that, um, wherever he went, we know that there might be other family members, so that's probably where he went. Whether that's Texas or someplace else remains to be
2: seen. Uh, that sounds like the Baltimore location, right? So we got Texas <laughs>
0: with the Republic. Love the name. Going back to old Texas uh, origins. There, uh, mm-hmm. Baltimore trying to get the electric grid back up, and then uh, they mention he mentions home. and The family is waiting. Where's home? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah uh, well okay CJ is almost magical in the original series in finding out everything there is to know about anything how did he manage to hide the shiv and the family ring from her it's a you're only looking for something
1: if you are looking for something like you'll only find it if you're looking and she wasn't looking so it's one of those things where um, if I put it in a drawer Somewhere in the colony, how are you going to find it? Or, if he buries it before he ever go, goes into the colony. Like, how can anybody find anything out there, you know? If you hide it well.
2: True, true. I, I, and I have to say, that's pretty impressive on his part. And, uh, as well as Jody and... Uh, uh, oh, I'm having a moment. Bogart. Bogart. How they kept their story straight and didn't reveal anything. Because... No, I mean, not so much for them, but for Jeremy, okay, Saul and uh, Victor went through, I mean, a period of time where she didn't trust them at all, and it took forever to really get close to them, and I'm just wondering what it took to become someone that dates her
1: yeah <laughs> and the the vetting process is probably going to be very thick for a position like that <laughs> yes. but keep in mind also that like cj's cj's not perfect when it comes to i, I think her weakest area is relationships oh, i, I mean say, yeah it
0: that's like
1: she plans everything so well in her life but when it comes down to people that she loves it's a unplanned and b it's like usually the wrong choice of unavailability. Yeah. True. Um That's so, how they
2: talked her in. That's how Saul and Victor talked her into going to the colony.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's and it's also, um so you can imagine Jeremy though, is, is probably very, very good at what he does, which is in some ways deception because he's meant to get into places and do things and fit in organically. So you don't even know he's there. So I imagine he would have to have trained Bogart, and jody uh, and prepped them significantly before going in the colony
2: ah well okay uh when chuck was talking about not chuck mark who was talking about the family member that was in the prison yeah that was chuck yeah that was chuck yeah was that jeremy that they were discussing no
1: okay well it depends on what you're talking about like um, there was one, pers- one at one time. They thought Fredo was a hitman for right. yeah Mick, uh, for the family. Um, that rumor could have been directed towards Jeremy, so that one could have been him. But when uh, Chuck is talking about Dan or somebody or whatever his name is, whatever you know, what Chuck <laughs> says um, that moment there uh, was somebody else.
0: All right, I've got a question for if you can tell us or if you can't tell us. Sure. Um, whenever they were going over the rap sheets for everybody, <clears throat> and Jeremy wouldn't say what was on his, did Jeremy know what was on his?
1: Jeremy knew enough to take that person's spot, but in particular, what was on the actual like rap sheet that the, the prison had, he wouldn't have access to that. So, so what he did was dance around the best that he could okay. with what he Cool, cool. Yeah, so that's that. That would be a confirmation. Yeah, he. So if you if you listen very very closely, he is so incredibly good at at um um like watch this hand, watch this hand, watch this hand, and now the left. Mm -hmm. So he's very good at like shifting the attention because if you listen to that conversation closely, he's like um, uh, he's talking like maybe maybe well, and then he uses it like what if I told somebody then I could get in trouble. So he's really good at like shifting sort of like the attention onto that. And then he turns the flips the table and says, Well what what about you guys? I mean, what about all the things you would have done? And so he really does a good way of like, don't don't pay attention to that. It's not worth it.
0: Yeah. So uh, okay, so Jeremy, you know, he's in he's in lockdown with them, in jail with them to get to Simeon. Was there is there any point where he's getting to know Simeon and he's thinking maybe he's beginning to think maybe he doesn't want to do what he's in there to do? Because things have changed, or does he see right through his facade?
1: He sees right through it. I, yes. I think the entire time, because like if you like, it's one of those things where if you listen very carefully to his first conversation with Simeon when they're describing what they did, um, he knows that what Simeon is saying is a lie. And he, you listen to his response closely, and you can actually hear that he's confirming that it's a lie the entire time, and just kind of like I, he's like, I smell bull nerds, because he's like, No, I know what really happened, but uh, I'm not going to let it know. I'll let somebody else push it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> so no, he
1: he he hated him the entire time. But at the at the same point, he also can't give himself up and what he is. I mean, it, to reveal yourself of who you are would would destroy your mission because it really um, the family's very complex with the way that they do things and in some fashion, Jeremy cannot return until his mission's complete.
2: Ah, okay the family so, rules. So
1: he yeah, so the family the family has very very strict rules and Jeremy um was not exactly high up on the totem pole before this. But because he completed the hit, he might be a little higher up now.
0: Mm.
2: Now, with uh Simon, you know, at the very end, the when the it was revealed that Jeremy knew what he had done, uh uh, as far as the, the the when he went to go steal that truck and he killed his uh, the family members, mm-hmm. Jeremy or uh, Simon didn't really remember the date that it all happened. And it seemed like if that was the first time you killed somebody, it would stand out. Uh, so can we elude that Simon has killed people in the past? Um. I would allude to maybe that he's a bit of a
1: is sociopath. A little bit of a, a good word to use for that. I'm trying to remember if that's exact good description of him. Um, where it's a bit remorseless in some ways. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's sociopath, and that's that's kind of him right there. So no, I don't think it would be the first time that he's killed anybody. Um, but it, you know, he he is a slippery and slimy guy. We don't know exactly ever what he did, but I would imagine he would he's done stuff like this before. Okay, I mean how. The, the The idea that you can just blindly shoot over a dashboard or out a window and kill two people randomly who are of the family is probably not very accurate
2: okay yeah because I think that's what made me think about it the first time was he just reacted so quickly and so naturally to the situation to with a gun that wasn't even his
1: yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of the, that story is is thin for a reason. Um and it's definitely that there there is some uh deception going on with how he's describing the events. Like no, he he did shoot the people there um with intentions. Okay. The only thing I can not so, remember actually is whether or not the gun was in the truck or he brought it. I can't remember which one was in my notes at the moment, but it's which one of those two.
2: I think it was in the truck already
1: in the story it is, but the real story Oh, I oh. Think, I don't know. I can't remember the top of my head, but it's one of those two.
2: (laughs) Man, that that's another window into your writing. So how many side stories have you partially developed in order to make the base story for some of these events stronger?
1: Um, A lot. Like (laughs) I have and this is well, this is one of the reasons why I'm opening up the, the writing competition is I'm realizing I probably have more stories to write than time in my life. And that to know that this early on is kind of scary. Um, so I'm I'm kind of enthused of of, of revealing some of the things I've already developed and spent time of thinking out um and and flushing forward, because I have I have a lot of stuff that I'm like, I just I need to get this out somehow and and move it forward. But yeah, no, a lot of stuff I overthink to the point where it's like, Why did you go to this detail? It's like, Well, you we kinda had to. Yes, and I'm glad you brought that up because
0: uh, listeners, sorry we haven't done a good summary of what we're going to be doing tonight. But <laughs> uh, of course, we're going to be talking a little lockdown with Casey. We're also going to go into any kind of news on Gold Rush we can get into. We're going to talk about this writer's do I call it a contest?
1: Uh, it's yeah, it's it's a writing contest, but it's a writing submission contest in a way. Like it's 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 not really there. There's not a prize. The prize is that you become on the writing team. Um, gotcha. But and there's not really like. If you do great writing, you're not going to get anything, uh, in particular. You're just going to kind of be, well, you kind of find new writers and go from there. Gotcha. And we'll also, uh, we'll get to your questions. A
0: lot of y'all sending some, uh, questions and things to say to Casey and get his perspective on. And, uh, a little bit about what he's been doing. And then we'll end with maybe a little bit of Bronzeville, uh, Bronzeville stuff Casey's one of his new audio dramas he's helping to direct should I say
1: uh yes um, it, oh, I directed oh I I directed officially one episode even though I AD'd the entire thing and was like in the booth the entire time what's it, um Assistant audio director.
0: Drama? okay assistant director gotcha
1: yeah so like uh we'll get into that we'll get into what that means um when we get down to it I guess when we get to that section
0: excellent and of course uh just to go ahead and throw it out now, uh, we'll be doing the Bronzeville fan cast. Fancast. Uh, Redbeard, myself, and we have a new co-host to do that. I'm not sure what he, wants, what he wants to be called yet, but he goes by Witch Doctor on the forums. So we'll be looking forward to doctor, having him with us. We got a doctor. We got a doctor. <laughs> <The>
1: doctor's <laughs> in the house.
0: So sorry to interrupt you there. Do we want to continue some lockdown talk or?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Let me, let me grab a drink real quick. Uh, my voice is just starting to crack a little. Um, sure. so two seconds
0: and I'll go grab some
1: too. Cool. I'll hang out. It's a not your father's root beer. I hope I don't reveal anything. I'm not supposed to
2: <laughs> those. Sound, those sound like they'd be good. The traditionally brewed root beer.
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually, uh, I really like the alcoholic root beers cause they're not, I, I don't like the taste of beer. I never have. Um, I like things that are sweeter, and the ciders are just so acidic that they, like, too much can, you know, ruin my my esophagus, it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad that they have something that's a little bit more basey, a little bit more, uh, well, it's just a little bit more blandish, but it's still very, very sugary, so it Back. can get you still a headache. Ochata, Yeah. <laughs> Huchata, no, uh, not your father's root beer.
0: It's Horchata is not your father's root beer hero. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so,
0: Sorry, okay. I just came back into the scum. That's all
1: right.
2: <laughs> so, Mick, who who is your favorite character out of lockdown if you had to pick one? Are you going to ask me when I took a bite of one?
0: Podcast <laughs> is back on, everybody. <laughs> I mean, no. without a doubt, it's it's Jeremy. I want to hear so much more about this guy. There's, he's definitely the most interesting one that's there. But uh, let's think. I love, you know, I love Jody. I love the. Um, it's been a while since I listened to it. What was the name of the female guard? Uh, Danielle. Dan. Danielle. Danny. Yeah, she was great.
1: Oh, you want? Do you want to hear a little behind the scenes of where the names came from? Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Danny is the name of my brother. Jeremy's the name of my other brother, and Mark's the name of my dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I was like, screw it. I'm going to put a lot of homages in this one. <laughs> um, but I had to change. I decided to change the girl to Danny because I was like, well, I can't be that dead on. I
0: got really invested in Chuck early. I don't know if you could tell in the fan cast or not, but Dude. I was really digging him because Jeremy was kind of oh, quiet. I loved
1: Chuck, too. I hated having to kill Chuck. Chuck was one of my favorite oh, characters. Oh, my like
0: gosh. Him. When he died, because I thought he was going to be probably the star of the thing. I didn't. He was such a strong personality and uh, fun to listen to. Definitely well portrayed. Uh, oh So yeah. I was looking no, forward to him. No, uh, uh,
1: Kim Estes did his uh, did that character, and oh man, he's spot on. Matter of fact, actually, when when uh, Chuck was first created, um, he was not going to be African American. He was going to be a uh, an older, crustier white supremacist guy, actually.
2: Which is uh, which is why the poster is wrong yeah the poster's wrong
1: <laughs> yes
2: oh he comes clean on it finally
1: um well no it, i i think it was fine i mean the shades that the prints that i've uh that i got from the proofs so i was like oh this looks good and then you guys were like no he's he's a little bit whiter and i'm like and then i heard that that uh from a couple people and i was like fine fine you don't know how many details i was like okay now put handcuffs on one of the Zombies there, so we know that if there's an inmate, okay, and make sure there's a stun gun on this character, and then, no, no, you know what, make Fredo's tattoos need to go up in the, this high in the back, make sure he's got them on the back of the head, <laughs> um, and so, so many intricate details but you'll always miss yeah, something. Cause the right. truck on the poster looks like a white color criminal. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I, we, we've done our best and that's all I can say. No, I mean, no, 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 it definitely, uh, I but, think it, in terms of the persona and what he looks like, yeah, the shading might be a little bit weird, but
2: the, the only reason it came up for me is because I was trying to identify who is who in, on the artwork. Cause the artwork is incredible. I, yeah, this, I love it.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. Stanley did a great job with that. We, uh, we, de- we went with a different artist on this one uh from the from the main artist which actually has kind of like spurred a little bit of new artwork oh, from His the style entire...
0: is so nice it's really good style
1: yeah it's definitely de- and then it also opened up for us to do the uh the season one poster uh later on for our 50 million download tracker oh cool. oh yeah
2: I had fun with that one yeah that w-
1: that's a such a full poster that thing took so long to, to complete and that that artist man, he is just a champ. I mean, he <laughs> he went through so many notes of mine. Like, no, Tommy needs to have this. No, move this there. No, he needs to have tattoos on the back of his hand. Um, so so, so many like little tiny things. It was it was pretty incredible.
2: Hmm. Let's see, is that one out here now? But, hey, and in case anybody doesn't know, the uh the store is back up. Yeah, the
1: store is back up. We're constantly trying to improve it um we have some more merchandise planned now the store is back online because what we did was we changed the entire technology behind it we now have our own custom uh, in, uh plugin for our website so you're not going to another website to go to the store um so there's some more little there's there, there's a couple little ironing kinks to get out but uh for the most part it's it's working pretty well we just need to put more merchandise in there
2: <laughs> yeah yeah more's uh, on the way I, th- I think, just kind of getting back to that favorite character thing, Chuck, Chuck was my favorite, uh, especially looking back on it. He-, he was so lively in every episode. And, yeah, Kim nailed it. I-, I would love to have been a fly on the wall when he was recording. Oh,
1: yeah. no. Well, the great thing is, like, one day, if anybody really ever, like, works for, for Wayland Productions and wants to go through the raw archives of all the recordings, we have them all. It's just... Too much material to actually go through and like pick out anything that might be useful.
2: Yeah. Well, okay. So you wrote it. Who is your favorite character?
1: Oh, uh, no one asked me that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good job, uh, my Beard. I have to say, writing parts of Jeremy was fun, but I think I think I'm going to have to go with you. I think Chuck was one of the more entertaining characters to write, and because you literally get to have a character. Who's off balanced, who gets to say and do things that aren't in the normal persona, which then adds more dimensions to that character. So I always felt like there was so much to do with that, you know, and he could do a lot of things and he could be a source of agreement and conflict in like two seconds flat, depending on what you say. Like he's very short tempered, but also at the same time, he just says what he means. So that was fun.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then when Kim Estes feels uh, offended when playing Chuck that one time. Uh, I can't remember the exact context, but he goes from talking and joking about something and then switches after like a second or two of silence and just tells him, you know, if you do that again, just do it. I mean, it's like... (laughs) Call call me a blank again. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. uh, I'm going to love this guy. Easy.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) How long you been in here? A month? Try seven years in this nerds hole. (laughs) you might have to point that out sorry you're good i've listened to this thing so much i know every i know all the lines still
2: (laughs) that's amazing what okay who wrote the uh lyrics for bogart uh the bogart lyrics were actually uh
1: rio and charlie magdaleno two really good friends of mine um and uh they charlie is uh in a band called festi and if you listen really carefully to the band that uh, is played when CJ's headsets are put on, when she start to go under her surgery in season four, that is Festy.
2: Huh. Oh, cool. I'll cool. Look that one up.
1: Yeah. It's it's one of those things that you, you would only know if, if I told you, um, but yeah, no, so he, they worked on the lyrics together and um, I kind of gave him the outline of what I wanted to do and here and here. Um, and then they gave me drafts and I said, well, let's do this and this and, um, I like this let's go. so it's a lot of back and forth and and finding what sort of worked and because I, I figured out early on that my strength was not lyrics um, i I felt that I could focus on the lyrics but if I had somebody else do it they'd be even better. Um, somebody you had who has a uh, music background is is probably more apt
2: to do those. So the theme song for lockdown I can't remember the guy's name
1: Daniel Burkov Hopkins
2: yes. I, I, I love I love the theme uh song for lockdown the chains and everything yeah he's yeah.
1: very very talented like when i first heard that i'm like oh nerds yeah <laughs> sorry i fun <laughs> doing that i apologize i gotta edit <laughs> yeah, don't, but, uh, don't worry
2: about it don't sit to yourself no no it's okay. it's it's good uh i did go out and look for some of his other music cuz i was like this is this is really good i want to know what else he's doing it is a trip to go and look at what he does <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It, that
1: it is. It is very different. What the, the other things that he does, he's a, uh, he's a very interesting guy. I love him to death. And one of the most brilliant musicians I've ever met. And that's the reason why I'm like globbing onto him, like no other for, for gold rush and things like that, because he's so versatile that um he has done improv shows and he does improvised music. Like that's- he can, Write stuff on the fly while people are performing, and then also even sing like even write songs while they're singing them, making them up at the same time.
0: Wow, that's ridiculous uh yeah,
1: no, he, like the the amount of uh of talent that man has is is oh, it's amazing
2: uh mm. a, a good friend of mine he he passed away a year ago, but uh he was a hall of fame jazz uh bassist, and he said that they used to play these gigs all over the country and he would, uh, they would all listen to like baseball games and stuff while they played. <laughs> and I'm like, how, how do you do that? I, I can't, I can't comprehend
1: when, when, when it becomes second nature, it becomes <laughs> easy. I don't know how any of them do it. Like I, you put anything in the background while I'm trying to write a scene and it's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Like I can, I can actually deal like, it's weird in a, in crowds. I can focus no problem. But if the minute you like turn a TV show on in the background or something, it's like no, I, I can't focus on that. Mm. But you know, some people can do it. I don't know. But the, yeah, he's definitely one of the best. And sounds like your your buddy was too. They just that undistractable
2: gift. Wow. Yeah. Mm. I I, I kind of look and see what he's doing from time to time, just because I know it's probably going to be something really crazy and cool at some point. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, no. He's definitely yeah. it Just give give him time, and I, I think <laughs> I think one of those things where it's like as we're live grows, I want to be able to have him grow with us. So if we do well, he do he does well, kind of thing. So it's that's that's kind of the the mantra of everyone involved in the production is is if we do well
2: and you're with us, you will do well. Okay. Cool. And you know, like I was saying before, it every question that I think we had pretty much got summed up by the end of lockdown as well as bringing new insights to the original uh, story of survival.
1: Yeah. That's kind of the intention of gold rush too is, is just that is uh, to bring in new insights, spur on a couple new mysteries, um, introduce a couple new things here and there, but for the most part, be more self-contained and, and by itself because that was actually like the intention of lockdown is to bring in new listeners without having them having to listen to 48 hours of stuff ahead of, ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, surprisingly, it still didn't work that well. Cause people are still like, I have, I have seen like one or two messages where it's like, Oh, I found lockdown and then I found we're alive. It's usually the other way around.
2: Right. During, <laughs> during our finale coverage, uh, Mick said it best. He said, you know, we, we don't have to have any more ink story at this point because everything that's needed to be said or, Puzzles that need to be solved are pretty much done. Yeah, uh, I'd
1: say that's probably true for the most part, except for maybe one or two things. Well, yeah.
2: what was he building
1: down there? <laughs> yeah. Well, I may not have been alluding to that, but,
2: that <laughs> like, but the reveal of the the cave explorations and stuff like that was really cool to hear about at the end of lockdown. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, just to find out, like it's it's draws in those pieces and makes it stronger. Like, oh. Where did they find the thing in the cell, and how they find it? It's, it answers the questions of the in betweens, which Gold Rush will actually do a little bit too. Uh, in some ways, in some ways. Hmm.
2: Well, I'm I'm really excited about Gold Rush. It's, it's very different.
1: I will say it is very different. It's more it's more we're alive and a little bit more campy. But we'll we'll get into that when we get to
0: is uh yeah. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna take a note real quick because I wanna. I'll ask you that in the Gold Rush portion. <laughs> and when we get what? together, Casey likes to. Bring a uh, ink and his groove on top of us <laughs> when, there's, when there's a when lot of you think us. When you're
1: strong, that's when, when I like to <laughs> <laughs> well, cool.
0: That's good. We're ready to bounce into some listener uh, questions for Casey. Sure. All right. Here's a. We've got a little bit of a longer email here from Chris Park, who's from Beamminster Dorset, in England. I'm not sure if I said any of that right, but thanks for sending this in, Chris. Uh, hi guys. I got introduced to We're Alive around chapter 43, 44 question mark. I've now listened to the entire thing, including lockdown, somewhere in the region of 40 or 50 times. What? He says he's a self-employed gardener and he works on his own. He pretty much knows it all word for word. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, Chris. Well, you just, you know, you go to work, you listen to the series. It's fun. It's (laughs) awesome. Good for him. Uh, So he has a question. Uh, There's a couple questions, but here's the first one. The girl who plays Samantha, Rebecca Roberts, question mark? Mm Mm-hmm. Is she used earlier in the series when Michael, Saul, and Angel are reading the new arrivals logs? He caught that?
1: Wow. Yeah, no, it's exactly right. Yeah, she is one of the earlier voices that is one of the flashbacks of the colonists who's reading stuff. Uh, I used her because she's such an amazing actress and a friend of mine. But then I loved her so much, I was like, I'm going to have you come back and play a real character. So I figured because it was an imaginary voice in someone's head, because I doubled it up, it's not going to matter. But, man, he caught it. Yeah, nice, Chris.
0: Very good. I never would have caught that. I would have taken at least twenty listen throughs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they're not. They're not next to each other. They're like exactly it's like six chapters. So you got to really know the, the content to pick that up.
0: He says he can't remember which episode, which chapter or episode. But Saul says this is some real sad bleep. It always bugs me when I listen to it because she sounds exactly like Samantha. Would you please clear this, clear this up for me, which you have?
1: Yeah. No. It's uh. Yeah. It's definitely. It's not Samantha. And it's not Samantha's character per se. It's just, she just read the role. Uh, but right. maybe if I was to do like a remastered version, I might remove that now because, you know, obviously I have someone else to the voice, but at the same time, she just does it so well. I don't, I don't know, kind of, would, you know, <laughs> you know one, one day I really want to go back and, and do a remastered, like super remastered version of all the stuff. Let's
0: see. Uh, one quick question. Was it funk that killed everyone in the power plant? And was it Fredo who chases Saul and Kelly at the hospital when Lizzie gives birth to Nicholas? no that's not Fredo at the hospital
1: sure okay. um I uh, was assumed it? it was him the uh, the tattooed up oh no 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 we have not seen Fredo in where're alive is series. okay I'll just I'll just confirm that now um because that that way no one's getting distracted by that oh. no he's he's definitely not in it um so that's all I'll say about that and, but what was the other I he
0: asked that funk killed everyone on the power plant.
1: Uh Funk power dies, Plank. right? And mm, locked down? Uh we don't know what happened to Funk, actually. Okay. Um but no, that wasn't him, the power planter. The and I think they're talking about the Waterworks. Yeah. And the Waterworks was actually um that is Austin McKibben. Austin McKibben, yeah. Arrowhead. Yep.
2: Wow. Yeah, it's, for some reason I thought we had seen a tattooed up Behemoth and I I assumed it was Fredo.
1: No, but if you think about it like like this, there's obviously other inmates that had tattoos. Well, yeah, I mean uh, but no, no, no. Specifically, it, that one was not him. Um, and the tree hemoth is not Fredo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Doomsday. <laughs> <laughs> Carrot and gross or bone gross? Yeah, close enough.
0: <laughs> Let's see. Okay, th- uh, that's two. But he needs to know this so he can keep on living. Let's see, hold Where on. was a second. the third? I think uh, I think that was two questions in one: the Funk and Fredo one. Oh okay. He continues saying cheers amazing story that deserves uh so much more recognition than Casey currently gets. Surely it has to be adapted for television, right? He said he can't wait for the new stuff. Kindest regards, Chris Park.
1: Uh thanks Chris. Yeah, um uh, new stuff's on the way.
0: Um yeah, thanks for writing in Chris. Uh, really uh wow, good catch and thanks for the thoughtful email.
1: Yeah, now well, it also gave me an opportunity to clear up that the, the, the behemoth thing because everyone's gonna have to, like I'm sure a lot of people have been trying to pick out oh is is Fredo in the scene? But no, no, they don't have to search anymore.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I just made an assumption that we were just seeing highlights of behemoths from the original series. Yeah, same here.
1: Yeah, so just uh, Austin McKibben. You will some of the ones that are in the um, we get some hints of the ones that the soldiers experience in lockdown. Um, some of the signatures sound that you hear in the background. I, I duplicated and did over. Um, there is a behemoth that I would call like the warbler. Is is there? It's like a so there's like a warbler. So there's there's like distinct noises that each one makes that I sort of like differentiated them. Um, so those are there, but for the most part, it's not. I don't think I don't think there's anything that's really a character per se in uh, one and the other.
0: Justin Berger uh, says he wants to thank We're Alive for suggesting The Darkest Night.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I'm in it, eventually. (laughs) (laughs) What is The Darkest Night? It's a podcast put out from the the Paragon Collective and Alex Aldea, who's a a friend of mine. Um, Good guy. Uh, And he's working on uh, many, many different, like, podcasts and different things. And, yeah, he... uh, he approached me you know, to do it a while back, and it's it's a great project. He's got Lee Pace narrating it, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun to do. And he's doing it with um, he's working with. It's called uh, binaural uh, recording methods, which is like a, uh, oh. a head designed especially for your ears hmm. as a recording device.
0: Huh. Interesting. Uh, applaud yeah. Damien, Damian Damian, I'm not sure how they pronounced it. Uh, mentioned two other people in the comment and one of those people, Johnny B. Lopez, replied I think he was replying to Pla. He says No questions here, honey. Thank you for the best audio drama I've ever heard. Hmm.
2: <laughs> and I just replied,
0: thanks, sweetie, because it looked like he was saying it to me, so I'm not sure. <laughs> but, hey, Johnny Lopez, thank you for writing and commenting. Uh, Joshua Kieser, Kaiser says, Will there be a story about Datu's children in the
1: future? Um probably not only because um it's it's that's a really hard one to dive into i'd have to like go to the philippines and know where they are like me physically would have to go there cuz i'd like to know about like the atmosphere and the persona and like uh the culture and things like that and it just seems like that would probably be too that's too far down the rabbit hole for me to spend time in i think
0: right a reminder for listeners uh I think it was datu's children they're just they're in the philippines he didn't have hope of even getting to them he just mentions them a couple times, right?
1: Yeah, they're in Luzon. Luzon?
0: Luzon? Pronounce something like that. Sounds mm. good to me. I don't know. Uh, his other question, Joshua's, is uh, will there be a story that shows the full extent of the zombie infection?
1: No, that's World War Z. Uh, I feel like they—they they, that's already kind of been done. Uh, I, I tend to focus on more or less the characters and how... They deal with it, and I think that's the more interesting sto- stories the the overarching um, narrative that happens I think we can experience through the characters um, but in terms of like the the history of everything that happens is yeah it's not really as necessary awesome
0: uh, thanks Joshua for writing in and I might mess this name up I'm not sure how to say it uh Louis Gregoire or Louis Gregoire uh, and Megan Rodell both want to know when apartment 2c will come back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, put it like this, we're probably not going to renew the lease come <laughs> February. Um, no, the, the real, the real, the, the stark reality of it is that we, we experimented with the show. Um, we thought it was a great way to connect with fans in a way. Um, and it was just hard to produce. It was, it took a lot of time. Um, it took a lot of time out of my schedule to be able to work on other projects. Um, and then Grayson, uh, who uh, was leaving our company after uh, lockdown's finished, was not going to be able to produce it anymore. And other people weren't stepping up. So we're like, OK, well. It's a lot of work. Um, we could be better using our times for other projects. So it's one of those things where it's like, man, we tried it. It didn't work too well. We didn't get a lot of fan following. So we'll just kind of move on to something else. So, hmm. I mean, we had a lot of fun. It was really great. And we've talked about maybe revisiting it, but for the most part, it, it might, uh, the, the apartment might uh, resist Gotcha.
0: So it sounds like they need a new, uh, eager, enthusiastic Zintern to take the, take the mantle and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, we that's push you into it because like, I mean that's, that's, that's that is
0: a lot of work. I can understand that's it is and it's sure. it, well
1: not so much even on I mean they everyone who was behind the show producing it it takes a lot of time to do all that. But also on my end too, like just losing an evening of writing was pretty detrimental, right? Like it, and especially with that little with the little baby and a mom was not having me one day a week and yeah, it's it was complicated for me to to, to do it. And also to have something scheduled every single third or Tuesday night, um, it plays into a lot of problems when I have like meeting in LA and I'm rushing back or, yeah. So the, the game plan originally was like, Oh, I'll come in for a couple, you know, moments, uh, a couple episodes here and there and then other people will be on and then back and forth. But unfortunately, like it worked out to where I was just kind of on every episode. Um, which just was hard to manage for me. So it, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why it unfortunately has to. And, but who knows? Maybe one day we'll start it up again and find another way of doing it. It's just at this point, logistically, we're so small that it, we don't want to like kill ourselves to try and do it. Oh yeah. Totally. And good. also costs money too. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> uh,
0: Louis also says, uh, I also have a question for you. What's the best and worst movie of
1: 2016? Um, movie? man, I have not seen many it's movies this Gears. year. <laughs> um what did i see this year it was really good i don't even know Ooh. um let's see let's see here i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to i gonna get uh top releases 2016 civil war deadpool civil wars <laughs> civil war was not that great deadpool was okay the martian uh fantastic beats somewhere to find them was pretty eh. your worst movie's got to be batman v superman right <laughs> <laughs> yep, Batman versus Superman, probably the worst of the year. Uh, um, oh, it hurts. Yeah, I know, but it's trimming.
2: It, <laughs> it really
0: was. It was horrible. It, it could was, have been
1: it could have been a lot better. <laughs> you know what? DC needs to contact me. They need a better showrunner.
0: They got Jeff Johns running things now, hopefully hopefully.
1: Yeah, I saw that uh I saw a Wonder Woman preview and I was like, mm, I don't know, maybe. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that they've turned it around in time for that one, but the trailer looks awesome.
1: Yeah, it It looks pretty good. I mean, but movie trailers nowadays, especially with all the action stuff, some of them are so like, eh. I mean, because I've seen action so many times, a lot of the time I'm not even interested in it anymore. Like Doctor but. Strange, I'll be honest, I did not, I, I like Doctor Strange, but at the same time, like... You have nothing has a foundation in reality anymore. Like the weapons they're using are not known to any human being currently in existence. The worlds they're inhabiting are not known to any human, and the things that they're doing are not known to any. So it's like they're so far removed from anything we can relate to as a person that I'm like, these are just like spectacle pieces now. And it's just kind of instead of it being like stories. Right.
0: I'm glad you say Batman v Superman, the worst movie because. Uh, that means that Ghostbusters isn't your worst movie. What did you think on that one? Because they got a lot of hate.
1: Um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was like a, a, a B minus, C plus, like an, a, a a bare minimum movie. Um, I think that they really should have had a script. Um, I think that they just spent way too much time improvising and then trying to make stuff work. Because as a producer and somebody who does a lot of editing, I'm mm-hmm. like watching it. I'm like. This right here, they're throwing, throwing together because they're trying to save this improvisation session. And <laughs> I was like, oh, really? And it just, so there's a lot of like, uh, disjointedness to it. Um, I don't know. It, it was okay, but it just felt like, uh, it did not feel like it was good. Yeah. It was just, eh, it's like, uh, and then unfortunately it killed the franchise. But I gotta say, um, there was one character that I fell in love with and laughed at almost every line. Uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She owned it. Like, I was like, I'm not liking this movie, but every time this character's on screen, I'm interested. That's right. um I just, I loved her as the character. And then I was like, I got to see other stuff. And I, because I, I, I don't watch SNL, but I was like, I am much more interested in watching SNL because of her. Yeah, she's yeah. great. She really is. Uh,
2: that was how I felt about it, too. She was awesome.
0: Yeah,
1: no, she did a great job. Um, okay, so here's, here's some other things uh, I got.
2: So Zootopia was
1: pretty good. That was 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see here. Um, Civil War. What was your thoughts on that one? Civil War was OK. I, I mean, every, everyone thought it was like the best of the best of the best. But I was like, it kind of was a paint by numbers for me. I was like, yeah, mm. I kind of I knew all I knew what was gonna going to happen coming into it. I wasn't surprised by anything. And to me, there's so many comic book movies nowadays that they're losing a lot of the power against like me. I'm, I'm not I'm being more critical. Against the stuff that I'm seeing, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought the
0: action was, I mean, just great, and it was a lot of fun. But the actual story to it wasn't wasn't as uh, as strong as the other ones.
1: No, it really wasn't. And I was like, all right, well, that's fine. Um, to be honest, I'm not seeing very many good movies. I saw this year. I um, I can't think of anything that uh, Deadpool Mike,
2: Deadpool it, was pretty good.
1: It was good, but it wasn't like awe inspiring. Like, oh, this is a perfect movie. Yeah. No, uh, this
2: this year's been kind of a lull.
1: Yeah, I'd say Zootopia. I mean, I have to say, hate to say it, but out of the few films I've seen, Zootopia might have been one of the better ones um, that I, that have come out. Um trying to see any others that I've seen. That, Arrival. Like, I hear Arrival is actually really good. I haven't seen it I heard it Arrival is really good as well. Um, let's see here. Good Dinosaur was not good, and that was last year. <laughs> the not good dinosaur. Yeah, it was Oh, so bad. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm looking at all these. I was excited for 2016. Um yeah, Secret Life of Pets, I, I was like really excited for that one, but it was like that one was was man. weird. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. It was it was the 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 st- the choices that they made for the characters. I'm like, this is not a really fun story.
2: No, I haven't Jungle Book was okay.
1: Oh Jungle Book was good. I did like Jungle Book. Um I I you know I didn't love it, but it was definitely good. Um let's see here. Anything
0: was, See that's how bad it was great for me. Which one? Finding Dory was not great for me. I was looking
1: forward no. to it, but no. Nope. Yeah, good. it was it was pretty lackluster for me too. Kung Fu Panda three was pretty eh. Um I liked the big short, but that was last year.
2: Yeah, um, no, I know. I said the Martian I was like, wait, no, that, that was Paul's last year.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, that was last year too. And Mad Max was last year as well. Yeah. Um You watching Westworld? Oh my gosh, yes! Oh yes. my gosh, yes! yes. Yeah, my t- uh, RTV club is solely focused on it, and I'll be honest, I predicted like everything.
2: Yeah, Mick Mick told me not to watch it because he doesn't want it ruined for him. <laughs> oh, really? Because uh, I guess I'm more cynical here lately, and I, I don't know. Like I, I I've been hating cynical on the Flash.
1: Just critical.
2: It's yeah, just it's a yeah, very, very vocal. <laughs> uh,
1: and yeah. Yeah, I, I I think I fall in line with with uh, with Redbeard here because it's like, you know, you, there's so many movies coming out that you have to be critical. I mean, it's you, there's too much otherwise.
2: I don't know. And then I, I I hope and want more out of certain franchises. Like, I, I think The Flash could have been done better as far as the, the series goes. Oh, the TV show? Yeah, I'm not a fan.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things on TV that are limited by budgets. But the stuff that I've made by HBO, it's like, oh, OK, well, you can do whatever the hell you want. Right. Yeah. Like no, but Westworld is probably the the highlight of 2016 for me in terms of stuff that I've watched. Like the first season, I'm going to consider a movie and say my the my favorite thing for 2016 is Westworld. Yeah, that's definitely would hands say hands down it. for me would be Westworld. As a writer, there's portion there's portions of it I'm like, oh my god, I when worried about another storyline that I had about this element or this element, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I don't have to worry.
0: I actually was thinking about you when I was watching it. I was I wonder if any of Casey's new things if he's going to see this and go oh that's something that i'm going to do
1: yeah there's there there were a couple elements in this in the show um in particular that i was like but in the end my theories fortunately did not pan out to that so it's my stories are still secure so i was like all right because that that is a concern of mine because i have so many stories sitting in the banks that i want to get out there um that i just don't think you know they're just not yeah it's just yeah somebody could beat you to the punch and you're like oh well i just lost that really great idea
2: <laughs> i think the like, best thing this year for me was stranger things
1: you know stranger what things. i it it was it was good and i really liked it did i do you guys i i don't know like do you know that i was friends with one of guys with the did duffers i don't know anything about no, that no hmm. yeah uh ross duffer and i were in the same uh screenwriting class together oh, uh cool. in, in college and uh yeah, so, like, watching some of it, I'm like,
0: oh, yeah, because
1: his writing is really that good. That was
0: my idea. No, no I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding
1: like that. Uh, I will say, though, that I've been very adamant and vocal about um, doing more kid-related shows. Like, I was like, nobody does a Goonies anymore because no one's willing to make the work with with child actors. And then they did it. And I'm like, awesome. They did it. And that's that's really good for them. I'm like, well, I didn't do it. But, oh, well. It's still a great concept. <laughs> I, I, I hopefully will see... Um, more kids' shows come out because of it. Because honestly, we have very little, we have very little, uh, shows oriented around kids and why not? Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. No, it's, it's really good. And those guys are set for life now. So I'm, I am envious and a little jealous, but you know, there, they couldn't have happened to better guys. I mean, they, they're, it's well deserved. They've been working on, uh, on doing like really good content ever since, you know, college. They, they, their short films are amazing. They're just very, very talented uh, people. And I'm so, I'm so happy that they got like, most people don't know, but they actually got like DGA permission to do a split writing and directing credit, which is not very common. Oh, hmm. wow. Yeah. Cause usually the DGA is like, they won't let you do two as one. Wow.
0: Is that the Directors Guild or something?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Directors Guild of America. Oh, cool. Sorry. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, sorry about that long answer, but yeah. Uh, so, Westworld. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's really good. It's really, really good, and I really like how they surmised this first season. It was just I, I'm definitely not going to spoil it because people are. I'm probably going to watch it, but it's so good.
0: <laughs> okay, so Casey, you we, let's talk about this uh, ink to the paper. Is that what it's called? What is it? Ink, ink on the page. Ink on the page.
1: Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Ink on the page. It's uh, it's something that's new. Um, It's something that I've been actually not for until this moment. Um, But we're looking for more writers. Uh, I realized that, you know, given all the stuff that I've done in terms of outlining and things, I got lots of ideas of concepts for stories and stuff and even many, many outlines that have been completed. But there's just, you know, I just don't have the time to put the words on the page anymore. So I'm kind of looking for some new blood um, to come in and and start working on new storylines. And I think my hesitation of always bringing in new writers is because, like, well, we're alive. How do you have someone jump into the fourth season? You can't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so with this, we can start developing new IPs and new storylines and new characters and even doing stuff that's not particularly audio drama based. That's actually like novellas and things like that or. Even, I don't know, some online, uh, like campaigns and things like that and, and publishing actual, like, storylines onto the website of, uh, some content that I've been, like, creatively yeah, putting in the background that, uh, uh, might be some fun little mysteries to put, uh, some interactive content here and there. So that I, I just need more people to do it. So that's, that's sort of the idea is to find, uh, people who can do, uh, who, who have the ability to write, uh, who can know how to deal with dialogue and pre-existing characters and can kind of, build off of uh, stuff that already exists and, and have fun doing it and uh, and make and get profit uh, percentage percentages of everything that we make.
0: Cool. So how how do people go about trying to apply for this?
1: Uh, so we have a our, on our website, uh, which it should be there. I mean, depending on when you release this episode, it, I will probably release it uh, about like J- uh, December 8th or so. Okay. Um, and it's going to have all the rules on there. Basically, it says so many words like whatever you submit becomes property of us because it's the only way we can legally like take submissions. It's like, oh, they used my idea. Well, obviously, we didn't. You just had an idea that was close to ours. and we just <laughs> So it's one of those things where there's a lot of rules and like don't try and reinvent the world. I don't want to hear about flying zombies, you know, things like that. <laughs> Um, so all those sort of rules are on the website and we'll have a, a submission thing there and then we'll review and, and go from, uh, go from there. It's something I'm hoping to get up, uh, on the website so that when the, the next production start rolling into, into effect, we can maybe get more than one going at the same time.
0: That's great. Okay. There's a, uh, I think there's something there's a little bit more incentive than just uh, name recognition, right? No,
1: no, no. I mean, you, if, if you get to be on, uh, if you're selected, The idea is that whatever you produce, uh, you get percentages of as we produce it. So it's like it's one of those things where um, we're not paying people up front. It's all back end deals where it's royalties and things like that, where um, if you write a good novella and it sells well, you get you get paid more. So it's 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 something where we don't have a lot of we're not paying writers up front um, to to sort of do these things because it's we don't really have the, the funds to get a lot of these going at once. But if somebody's really, you know, they're starting out, they want to establish a name for themselves as a writer and they want to, you know, really get into established an already established IP, this is kind of a leg up for them. So it's it's a nice it's a nice way for people to to not only have an opportunity to to make money and everybody back end deals are much better than front end deals because you make percentages in perpetuity. So mm-hmm. it's like it's 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 kind of incentivized and I, the way that I like to run my business is kind of a lot around that. It's like we want to establish, you know, long term uh ways of making revenue for the for these people and like nobody does that in the business anymore. The the percentages all go to the these production houses.
0: Hmm. Wow, that's pretty huge because you've you've never been uh for this type of thing letting people write in your world. That's that's crazy. and
1: who knows, I may not find anybody <laughs> that meets my standards. No? So, but, <laughs> um but I'm putting I'm putting I'm putting the the line in the water basically and uh seeing what will come of it because the reality is that I, I do need to have more people come on. And the more content we create, the more people will be in tune to the world. And, you know, it's just the the super fans will have more to digest because right now there's just it's not as much. So, you know, it's, it's always an opportunity to expand and make things bigger.
2: Well, wow. wow. Uh, yeah. If I had the writing ability, that would be a, <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, it's hard. It's definitely
1: hard. And I think um, I think anybody who's who's listening to this, who is like thinking about submitting Focus on dialogue. Focus on characters. Focus on motivation. Those are three things that everybody does wrong. I mean, ask why a character is doing something. If you don't have an answer, it's the wrong reason. Um, if they are, um, you know, if the, if the characters, if you could swap lines between characters, and and what one person says can be the same thing as another person that's not unique to that character, and it's it's sort of not uh, do, try and make it, you know. A, a line of dialogue should only sound like it comes from that person so to speak. So those are some little tips if anybody's looking to sub- submit for this. Yeah,
0: I need them. I'd like to oh. write, but I don't,
1: yeah, I don't know anything <laughs> about that. Dialogue is really bad. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like you, the only way you get better at it is just doing it and just writing it. And, and I'll be honest, I didn't start out. Like no one's seen my some of my earlier work. And frankly, I'm kind of happy about that because <laughs> uh, you always have to start somewhere.
2: Uh, those animations are pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I completely abandoned animation after my senior year. Um, just too much, too much time. Just way too much time, and I don't want to be a desk jockey.
2: Yeah. Uh, now you originally put something up about this on the forums. Uh, has anyone reached out to you in, with interest in this yet? I, I, for I, ink on the page. Oh, for
1: the, for that. Yeah, actually, people have. Um, I, we have not posted it yet. But I've gotten a lot of fan inquiries of like, uh, hey, are you looking for new people to, to come on a write and things like this? So, you know, there are a lot of people who are interested in it. So I, I think once we open it up um, and start to publicly talk about it more, because I know there's some people who are working on a lot of stuff. And I'm like, because right. the one thing I don't want to see happen is someone to write like 400 pages of something. And I'm like, I'm sorry, this is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why it's limited to five pages uh, script and 10 pages. No. Other way around, ten pages script, five pages novel.
0: I ought to just write something and you tell me how bad it is, and <laughs> and basically a free proofreader, would be like you can you, coaching, I guess. What was what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> I, I hate to reveal this, but I'm not going to read the first submissions. It's going to go through somebody first. Oh, so <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean I get it. Uh, but that, well, the only reason why we're doing that is just because I just I can't review them all, depending on how many we get.
0: Right. No, I understand.
1: Um. But yeah, I mean, if if I would say if you submitted something, <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. oh, I have an idea, Mick. <laughs> oh, good. Let's <laughs> we'll talk good. about that
1: one. <laughs> well, take a look at the take a, yeah, take a look at the rules on the page. It's all outlined there. Um, but it's really it's kind of open ended for people to have fun. Um, just know that whatever you submit becomes ours. Are <laughs> well, I don't know man. how pirate,
0: yeah, it's pretty cool. You give people. I mean, as 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 constricting as you're making it sound, it, there really is a lot of freedom in these rules.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's 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 almost there's almost so much freedom that I let people shoot themselves in the foot
0: mm-hmm.
1: because uh, a lot of first time writers. That when is, they're that's forcing, freedom right there. Yeah, a lot of freedom. <laughs> is, hang um, no, it's, it, there's a lot of first time writers. They they get so caught up in plot that they don't focus on characters. And it's like, I don't want plot. I want a scene. I want several scenes. Show me that you know how to like have somebody communicate and and. You know, move something along without it sounding abnormal, and that's really hard to do in an audio drama for sure. Oh,
0: no, red beard! I will not do the death of Pegs with you. This <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: beautiful. No, Pegs is around for a lot longer than any of you. I'm surprised I don't see anything like, written out explicitly saying no musicals. <laughs> oh, no,
0: I don't
1: see anything like that.
2: Oh, oh. well, it's in draft form. That it. <laughs>
1: But I gave you musicals. I gave you, like, Bogart singing. No, no, it was good. I'm not sure that satisfies everybody's... No, it wouldn't. I knew it wouldn't, but I gave it something.
0: I was like, there's somewhat of a musical in If we're asking, is this the musical? Is this the response to us on the musical? <laughs>
1: that, is exactly, that was exactly as including that. Actually, um, it, realistically, the rapping of Bogart, Actually came from, uh, not personally, but I, I, I watched a lot of videos on prisons and things like that. And, uh, one inmate in particular really reached out to me and he was just sitting at his table with his buddies freestyling. And I'm like, cool. I like that. I want to incorporate that. So I kind of got into the mindset of what it would be like that person who did that. So yeah, it's it. So the musical helped contribute to a character. A- cool. <laughs> I like,
2: cool. Um, I, I'm curious to see what comes out of this. Definitely. Me too. The, the user or, you know, the, especially from other fans that have been quiet out there forever.
1: Yeah. We got to make a little blurb on the podcast channel and put it up there. But the thing is then I got to get
2: Michael Swan in. Uh,
1: hmm. It's not, it's not hard to do, but it's like, it's just, you know, you got to, you don't pay actors. Oh, and things like
0: that. Michael Swan was so good. in the, in the gold rush teaser.
1: Oh my, oh my God. God. Oh yeah. I had a lot of fun doing that. I was like, that, that, I wrote that in one night and I'm like, man, this just like the idea that revealing Michael Swan is sort of the Rod Sterling of the We're Alive universe is just so much fun. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Yeah, his work on Lockdown was fantastic. <laughs> and then, uh, at the, was it the, the finale where he talked about, no, 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 it's the theater of the mind stuff that he, the promo for it, that was really good.
1: Yeah. Close, close your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, doub- I'm I've been doubling down on the medium a lot uh, lately uh, promoting it and uh, well obviously because I'm writing a book about it it's been a big huge push on my part to, to promote the medium and get it further along now that's awesome I want to hear more about that but I think we're gonna
0: wrap up this uh, this podcast. We're going nice. to have a part two, though, where we can talk about uh, what's it like striking out on your own and Gold Rush.
1: <laughs> striking out. <laughs> yes.
0: Wait, wait a second.
1: That's not what I meant.
0: And a little bit of Bronzeville. So how does it fail? <laughs> That's how we learn. Now, <laughs> That's how Mick. I, I, I know a lot about it. Hold down, dude. <laughs>
2: Very good. Okay.
0: <Very> <laughs> Mr. Wine.
1: <laughs> Mr. Wine. <laughs> My cocaine. Why do we fall down, Master Wayne? <laughs> That's so we good. can let it pick ourselves up.
0: New <laughs> <Your> car, <call>, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Alright, so uh, this has been Mick. This has been Redbeard. This has been Casey. Thank you, Casey, for coming back on the show, and uh, here comes part two. We'll look for it next week.